Welcome to An Amber A Day, the podcast all about functional nutrition for PCOS. I'm Amber Fisher, a certified nutrition specialist and licensed dietitian nutritionist, and I have training in functional medicine. I also have PCOS, and on this podcast, we discuss PCOS in depth, the nutrition strategies for it, as well as the realities of living with it and making this lifestyle work. For further guidance and meal plan support, you can check out the show notes for links to my PCOS courses and programs. And if this podcast helps you, please do me a favor and leave me a review. Thank you so much for being here. Let's get into today's episode. Okay, welcome back to another episode of An Amber A Day, the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Fisher, and I am here with Melissa Mayer, who is a fantastic fertility acupuncturist here in San Antonio as well. She was actually my fertility acupuncturist when I was going through IVF. Mm -hmm. So I know we'll talk a little bit about that today, but today we're just going to talk about all things fertility acupuncture. We're going to talk about timing for IVF cycles. We're going to talk about her work and what she does and some of the really cool research out there about fertility acupuncture and how it helps you to have more successful cycles, which is always important when we're sinking a bunch of money into IVF. So um, Melsa, tell us about you. Introduce yourself. Hello. Hello, Amber. So good to see you, love. Um, Yes, I'm a fertility IVF fertility acupuncturist in San Antonio as well. Um, I have been, let's see, I graduated, um, acupuncture school up in Austin, um, in 2013, um, and was lucky enough to, uh, get a job as, um, a, you know, a fertility acupuncturist with a, an established fertility acupuncture clinic up in Austin, but they had a satellite office at one of the fertility clinics down here in, uh, um, in San Antonio. Um, and so I spent a couple of years commuting down here and worked in, you know, one of the IVF clinics here. So I really started out, um, you know, in, in, in IVF land, um, in my acupuncture career and love it. But you know, previous in a little tidbit about me, um, previously to my acupuncture career, I, uh, was in the horse business. And so I, uh, my, my, my bachelor of science is in equine science. And we did a whole lot of reproduction work there. Um, in my first job out of college way back in the day, <laughs> but, um, I, we, I worked for a breeding farm basically, and we were doing IVF on horses way back in the day, uh, in the early two thousands. And then, you know, I moved to Texas and, um, got more on the business side of things. Um, and, and then, and then started my acupuncture journey. Um, but you know, I always say the universe is not subtle, you know, because of course, like just reproduction and, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of, yeah, that's too funny because, you know, I mean, we were just talking about a little bit about astrology and things like that. And, and I always kind of think about um, themes of like destiny and things like that. I mean, you were always in the IVF kind of world and now here you are still in the IVF world in a different way. So that is it's so cool. So crazy. I know. I love it. Love it. But, um, but yes, I've, I've worked with IVF and fertility patients for going on seven and a half years. Um, you know, I've been lucky enough to see like second babies, sometimes third, uh, third babies, you know, just, um, it's being supportive of, um, women going through, you know, fertility challenges. So, um, yeah, I love it. I'd much rather, I joke that I'd much rather talk about your period than your back pain. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I know I find, I, I mean, cause obviously I, I specialize in fertility work too. And I just find that, there's something very um, exciting about working in fertility. I love being, you know, I don't, 
like take all the credit when somebody like gets pregnant or anything, but I love being part of that experience. And like, I do think sometimes that, you know, those of us who work in the fertility, we can function as like catalysts almost for these kind of big major life changes. And I love being there at the precipice of somebody, you know, like whenever a client of mine gets pregnant, man, that is the most exciting thing in the world, isn't it? It's the best. Oh, it's the best. I love it's getting pictures feeling. like positive pregnancy tests or ultrasounds or, you know, like baby bumps, you know, it's just awesome. I, I love it. Yeah. And, and I, I would like to mention at this point too, that, you know, uh, Melsa was my acupuncturist when I was going through IVF. So I didn't use an acupuncturist during my first, um, transfer. So the brief backstory, like we, we did an IVF egg retrieval. Um, and then we had two, uh, frozen embryos to use. And so the first one we did early in the year, I didn't go through acupuncture or really anything during that time. I was sort of like, I don't know. I was kind of depressed during that, you know, cause it was like still, still hormonal from the original retrieval. Didn't, um, nothing came of it. And then for the second cycle, you know, I started really thinking like, okay, this is my last embryo here. So I want to do everything that I potentially can to, you know, make this, uh, potentially be successful. And I had heard for a long time that there was, you know, good research-based, proof that acupuncture in how, whatever way it may, or, you know, work was helping women be more successful with IVF. Um, and so I, I did, uh, Melissa was my acupuncturist while I went through that transfer. And what do you know? I mean, that was the transfer that I did get pregnant. Now I have my son, he's 15 months old. So, um, you know, I do put a lot of credit back on my success back on acupuncture. Um, and do we know how, how it works? Because I know like with Chinese, uh, medicine and stuff, we're looking at like energy meridians right. and like in Western science, they, you know, sometimes people kind of roll their eyes at that. Although, sure. you know, yeah, I, well, so, you know, just kind of a little brief overview of, of acupuncture. We've got 361, um, acupuncture points that run along 12 different meridian systems, um, that run throughout the body. And so we're talking on the front, on the back, um, you know, on the head, on the feet, you know, everywhere. Um, if you look at a map of acupuncture points, literally they are everywhere, but these energy meridians, the 12, 12 of them are, um, are attached to organ systems. And so kidney, liver, spleen, stomach, small intestine, large intestine, heart, uh, pericardium. Um, and so all of those organs in Chinese medicine have a similar yet, um, more, uh, profound, more esoteric, um, function in Chinese medicine. So for instance, you know, the, our three main fertility, um, organs in Chinese medicine are the spleen, the liver, uh, and the kidney, uh, kidney is in charge of reproduction. And so, you know, kidney in Western medicine is in charge of, you know, um, water, water flow, um, right. Uh, like filtering. Yeah, right. Filtration, know, detox. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, in, 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 in Chinese medicine, it's in charge of reproduction. It's in charge of our, our Jing, which is our uh, genetic potential. Um, it's in charge of the transference of, of, of um, genetic material from mother to child um, and from father to child. So um, completely, you know, different, but, but, but it also 
is the water organ. Um, it's the water, the water organ. And so, you know, definitely similar yet um, more esoteric functions in mm-hmm. Chinese medicine. Um, and so what, what happens when these little needles go in, in these certain acupuncture points, which have been defined over thousands of years um, and located over thousands of years um, there, you know, the little, the little acupuncture points, which are, you know, sometimes like, a very small, short distance away from each other, but they're electroconducive, you know, um, and, and this is the beauty of Western medicine is that we're able to, you know, do an ultrasound scan of the uterus and look at increased blood flow with acupuncture needles in. Um, we're able to, um, I, there was a study that was, uh, that, that looked at the oxygenation on the skin of different acupuncture points. Um, and so, you know, there's an electric uh, kind of charge that runs through the body. So when we stick needles in these points, or you can activate your, you know, your fertility acupressure points or acupoints um, with acupressure as well. So, you know, doesn't have to be a needle, although needles are, you know, they pinpoint exactly mm-hmm. where the points are. So, um, you know, so yeah, we're all about the flow in Chinese medicine, you know, things get stuck um, they, they, you know, and think about like stress and just like headaches and just like stuckness and like constipation and, you know, that kind of stuff. We're just all about flow, um, you know, and increasing the flow. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's very interesting because for so long, we've had these two kind of dichotomous ideas about health and the body. And one reason why I was really drawn to functional nutrition and functional medicine is that it sort of tries to blend those two ideas because we talk a lot about, yes, the research and the, you know, the nutrients and the way that they biochemically interact. But we're also looking at like, where do emotions get stuck in our body and and potentially affect our health and the processes there i mean our you know our adrenal glands and how stress impacts our digestion of food like there is something definitely to that flow of health that i think um sometimes we kind of turn a blind eye to in western mm-hmm. in the western world you know and we act like we know it all right but we don't. I mean, like you said, these are things, these are things that have been studied and and manipulated and worked with over thousands of years. Like this is an ancient technique that obviously must have some um it must have some truth to it, or people wouldn't, you know, wouldn't use it for thousands of years, right? Well, and, and in China, you know, because I was lucky enough to study in China. Um, at the TCM hospitals, they have entire TCM t- t- traditional Chinese medicine hospitals over there. You know, wow. they go, 
they go herbal medicine and acupuncture before they go Western pharmaceutical. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's uh, it, it's that big over there. And, you know, we're still in COVID times. Um, there's a lot of, uh, it, you know, I mean, the Chinese have been doing pandemics for a very, very long time. Right. Um, and so there's a lot of research about, you know, uh, or Chinese herbal formulas oh, yeah. uh, in in the side effects of, you know, of, 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 of the virus. So, um, yeah. And I I tend to, um, you know, in the functional world, we tend to look at supplementation, at immune resilience, at nutrition before we look at pharmaceuticals too. And I think, you know, and herbals before pharmaceuticals, I think in general, that's probably the better approach for most, most things. Now, obviously there are some circumstances where you just need an antibiotic, right? But I think our, our Western sort of, and I see this changing a lot in medicine. I, I, I wonder if you do too, but like, it seems like doctors and things are more open now. Like I get a lot more uh, referrals from doctors than I used to. And I think it's just because they see like, wow, if, if these people kind of support themselves and work on preventative, um, healthcare, then there's less of a need to use these pharmaceuticals, which have their own side effects and their own, you know, back and forth and everything. So, um, I think the blending of those two things is really the future of, of medicine and preventative healthcare. So I'm, it's exciting to me. Yeah. It's exciting to me to watch the world kind of open up to that. And particularly in the fertility space, like watching women. And I think when you go through IVF, as I know from experience, you do, there's an element of desperation sure. there. And so you're like, I'll try anything, right? Well, like whatever might potentially work, but it kind of opens women who otherwise probably wouldn't think about, you know, acupuncture or, or herbals or anything like that kind of opens up their mind and they're like, wow, you know, there's something to this. Like yeah. uh, there, it, it works. Well, and if you doctor Google IVF success, acupuncture comes up, you know, I mean, yeah. if you're in any of the IVF groups, you know, uh, acupuncture is a very common topic because, you know, yeah. so many of the fertility clinics across the country um, are affiliated, you know, either they have acupuncture in house or uh, they have acupuncture listed, you know, on their websites. Um, as something, as an adjunct, you know, to fertility care, because acupuncture has been proven to increase success. Um, you know, there's, so we, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, talking about the research, um, you know, there was a, a, the study, the Paulist study in 2002, that really got acupuncture on the map with um, IVF. And they looked at that. Um, if, if any of um, you guys who are doing fertility treatments, you know, the, the pre-post acupuncture, uh, treatment. So right before transfer, right after transfer, um, mm-hmm. you know, they looked at, uh, at the success rate. Now it was a small study. Um, it's been reproduced many, many, many times since 2002. Um, but you know, that early study, you know, suggested that, you know, the acupuncture group had, had a higher pregnancy rate now, you know, not live birth rate or anything like that, but, you know, had a higher pregnancy, positive pregnancy rate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the, the, one of my colleagues, Lee Rubin, uh, I think she's in Portland. Um, she has done, she's, uh, she's done a lot of research since then, since, you know, with acupuncture and IVF, um, out there. And she did a study with whole system. She calls it whole systems, Chinese medicine, which is acupuncture, 
herbal, you know, herbal therapies up until, and I'll do herbs up until, uh, you know, women start injections if they want, um, doing supplementation and lifestyle. So really kind of that whole, and also, you know, mind body, you know, techniques. So right. Yeah. Affirmations, meditation, that kind of stuff. And so they looked at that group. They looked at just the pre and post group. And then they looked at no, you know, no interventions. Um, Mm -hmm. And really the whole systems Chinese medicine um, group was way more successful than even the polis group. Um, So it's a, yeah, it's a really interesting study. Yeah, it's a combination. It's holistic, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you really yeah. kind of get your whole body functioning as best it can before yes. going through fertility treatments. Yes, um, I mean, what what we know too about, um, like, from the nutrition perspective, is that you know there's this process called folliculogenesis, right? And the egg, it doesn't just this process doesn't just happen over the course of a month or you know while you're doing injections. Like you are building an egg that potentially will become your dominant follicle or or you know one of those retrieved eggs over the course of like 300 days. You know, I mean the critical time is like 120 days before, so right. four to six months before. But I mean this process is happening over a long period of time. So um, you know we know that like nutrition, uh, poor nutrition can cause oxidative stress. It can cause damage to mitochondria, all things that are important for the creation of a, you know, follicle that potentially will become a human being, you know? So, um, I always talk to people about kind of this concept of like, your body's smart, right? Like fertility is, is a, um, is they don't care. It doesn't care so much about your, um, you know, your desire for a child, but more just the practicality of like, how healthy is your body? Your body's thinking, why am I going to reproduce and have a child here? If, if I'm not, if I'm not healthy or I don't have the substrate or, or I don't have the um, ability to kind of create and go through this process because little, I mean, the babies, they're little parasites, like they'll take what they need, but they'll just drain everything, the living life out of you. You know, if you're not at a good place before you get pregnant, um, I kind of know this from experience because I wasn't in the best place when I got pregnant. And so I had to do a lot of recovery work after, but you know, it's like, um, getting to that pregnancy point for some of us who are already dealing with, with fertility issues and who have these sort of genetic problems or who don't have great nutrition or, or whatever it may be. We're, we're waiting, oh, you know, we're waiting until older, you know, in our thirties, yeah, that too, you know, that too, because so our you know, potential really declines. And then you look at the sperm quality too. You know, if you look at that, there was that study that came out maybe last year or two years ago where they looked at sperm quality in the seventies and look at sperm quality now. And I mean, it's tanked. You know, I know. It, it takes two to tango. We don't know, that's you know, so right. all of our unexplained infertility people. That's what I say. Like, we don't really know why you're not getting pregnant. Is it, you know, is it a fertilization issue? Is it that they are fertilizing, but they peter out before they can get into the uterus because they don't have proper mm-hmm. mitochondrial function? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we just, we don't know. So let's get you, let's boost you as much as possible. Get the blood flowing, you know, really focus on getting nutrients back into the pelvic area. Um, mm-hmm you know, and, and, and getting your body in the best place in order, you know, if you're going to spend five grand to, to, you know, to do IVF, then let's 
let's get you, let's get you in a good place. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of times when I meet with women for the first time, you know, at this point, people reach out and they're like ready to kind of do it because they, they're already thinking that way. But, but in the past, you know, to have women come in and they're like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go through IVF. And so, you know, gosh, this is like, this is, just another expense. And I just don't know if I can afford it. And you kind of start thinking that, I mean, you've got all these adjunct things, right? You've got like, okay, so I'm going to spend like 70 or however much on acupuncture, you're going to spend however much on nutrition, like, man, it really adds up, but you have to think of it from the perspective of you're just trying to do this in the smartest way possible. Right. And so you're trying to set yourself up for success. So I think you have to look at the long game here, the financial long game, right? You spend a little bit more upfront but you, and that, that's one of the reasons why I did, um, like PGS testing and stuff. Yeah. Cause I'm like, yeah, whatever it's an extra five. Okay. Like whatever we have to do to make sure that we have the potentially best quality embryos here. I want to reduce as much pain and heartache as I possibly can in this situation. So Absolutely. let's do it all. Because so, it's yeah. so stressful, you know, I mean, really, you know, and, and, and with, with acupuncture and going through IVF, I mean, you know, really going through IVF, you're in a fight or flight. I mean, your sympathetic nervous system is, you know, I mean, all of my patients are planners, you know, if this fails, then we're do this, you know, if, if this is okay, then we do this. you know, um, if, you know, if my ERA says, you know, that I need an extra day of, you know, or if my, if my FET fails, then I can do an ERA, you know, I mean, and you're, just like, uh, uh, you know, in, so all of our, our, all of our organs in Chinese medicine have an emotion and the spleen's emotion is overthinking. Um, and so everybody's <laughs> spleen, she is like totally deficient. Right. And so we just like, that's, I, I do so many spleen points, spleen, liver, kidney, um, uh-huh. you know, just, to you know, that's interesting too. I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, something called human design, but it's, um, yeah. Okay. So yes. Yeah. So it's, it's like, um, it's akin to astrology. It uses astrological principles, but essentially everybody has these different sort of personality types or whatever. And it just making, you just made me think of that because mine, um, I'm a projector. And, uh, one of the ways that I like uh, my authority or whatever you're supposed to make decisions is splenic. So I I have splenic authority. So, um, what that means in, in human design is like, you know, um, it, my decision-making is very gut-based. It's even more, it's even deeper than intuitive because it's like a flight or flight response, right? So if something comes up and it feels boom, unsafe like that, that's splenic, right? And so then I make the decision yes or no, but my body gives me that immediate sort of response. So it's interesting that Chinese medicine, they associate the spleen with overthinking because that, you know, see, it's all connected, right? Like we have these, (laughs) these sort of, I think human beings used to be a lot more connected to, sure. to our bodies and, and, sure. and things than we are now. I just think we're, we're, we've confused the issue a lot, but no, that's fascinating. And you're so right. When you are going through IVF, there is no way nobody could tell you anything to like stress to, for you to not stress out. Like you're going to stress out. You just are, you're investing all of your money, all of your time, all your energy into this process that, you know, potentially could have no reward at the end of it, you know, and you've already probably been through a lot to get to that point. So yes. It's tough. Uh, well, and, and so really, you know, acupuncture talking about the flow is really amazing. And, and also talking about, you know, Western med, like being able to Western medical, uh, like, like view of acupuncture 
you know, you can do have like take a cortisol uh, level before and a cortisol level after acupuncture. Drastic. I mean, girl, you are on my table. You know, you come out like just like yeah, you're like oh. exactly. And then that feeling is just, and I call it acupuncture stone. You know, uh-huh. just because it's just it just like really it brings you down, and it's it's, really it's one of the only things that worked for that while I was going through that process. And I know you recommended to me too. And I did these while I was doing, um, while I was having my acupuncture sessions, but they're fertility uh, meditations from circle and bloom. So I was doing that and I'll link to those um, below, but I was doing those while I had my sessions. And I felt like that, that also helped me because um, visualization I found was really, and, and meditation was really, really hard during mm-hmm. IVF because of that fear and that anxiety and that stress. Mm-hmm. It was just like hard to think of anything but things going wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I felt like, gosh, I really need to, to have some time every week or every couple of days where, where I'm thinking positively about this, where I'm like forcing myself to be hopeful. Um, and you know, I, I don't want to say that when people don't do that, they can't be successful. Cause I don't, you know, I mean, oh, yeah. everybody's different. Right. But for me, I think that one of the big difference makers in that cycle going well was the fact that I was able to just be generally more balanced and happy during it. Like, yes, I was still stressed, but the acupuncture really helped me to not like just completely be depressed over everything. If that makes sense. Well, it just would give me a mood boost. You know, nobody really like, unless you've been through IVF, you know, nobody really knows what you're talking about. So, you know, and just talk to your mom, you know, or just talk to your like sister who just gets knocked up like easy peasy, you know, it, it it's our sister-in-law, whatever, you know, yeah. They don't quite understand like the injections and the folistim and the menopure and the cetratide and the, you know, and the retrieval and the, uh, like the weight and the, you know, they like yeah. people don't get it. And so to, you know, uh, like, again, I've been in the IVF world for, you know, seven and a half years. And so I like, I know the trends, like I know what's going on. Like I know what your doctor's, you know, going to do, you know, and it's just like good to have somebody to talk to who, like, oh, yeah. who, who knows what you're going Who knows for. and who, and who is is interested too, because I'll tell you that one of the other things about going through IVF is you want to talk about it all the time because it is consuming your life. It's consuming your thoughts, everything while you're going through IVF. I mean, you're up at the clinic practically every day, you know? And so, and then, you know, as much as I think people want to be helpful, they just don't know what to say. They, they don't understand what you're going through, like you said. And I think it gets old for them to hear, you know, you constantly wanting to talk about it. And so you, you kind of hold it in. Um, but when you see a fertility acupuncturist, it's like, you know, Melissa would ask me about menopure and she'd ask me about my follicles and all this stuff. And then it's like, yes, it's, it's somebody I can, somebody else I can sort of talk to and get this out with. Um, and then not only that, but just feeling like, I'm going to get stress relief here and I'm doing something positive. I'm, I'm doing something that I have a little bit of control over in this situation, you know? Yes, so. yes absolutely. So I, that's right. I felt like, I really feel like it made a huge, huge difference. And I, that's why I'm always like telling people y'all need to go see Melsa because it's, it's just, it, it really, really makes all the difference in the world. So, um, what was I going to ask you next? 
Okay. So I know that you have some different opinions about, we were kind of talking briefly about that study uh, with the pre and post and you have some, um, you know, opinions on, on that. So to enlighten us, what do you think about that? You know, we, so the, the, the pre post study and then the whole systems Chinese medicine study, uh, you know, that, that study, uh, looked at 10 to 12 treatments versus just the pre post treatments. Um, and so, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, like the follicular Genesis, um, and, and really the hundred day cycle is really important. So, you know, if we can get 10 to 12, treatments in and and I usually see women weekly if we're you know if we're looking if we're able to that's my sweet spot um you know if if women come to me six weeks before then we just do you know we can do twice a week or whatever their budget allows for you know if I can get 10 to 12 that's amazing. You know, some people, um, I have a new patient tomorrow who just had retrieval yesterday and her transfers on Monday. So people find me, you know, like at any point in their IVF cycle. And it's fine because again, acupuncture is always good. It's always good to get the flow on. It's always good to calm your, you know, calm your nervous system. Um, but you know, optimally you should start a few months before going through IVF. Right. Or, or FET, um, you know, right. so that, that would be optimal. You know, if you can only get a few sessions in, I mean, you know, I cost money, like we talked about, you know, um, and so if, <laughs> if the budget is a, a problem, you know, just come in and just get a little, you know, get a little <laughs> calm, a little zen. Yeah, a um, little but, bit help. But if you can, especially, you know, with uh, women with uh, diminished ovarian reserve, you know, who are kind of older, you know, and, and because our uterine artery kind of starts to um, divert resources at the ripe old age of 32, you know, yeah. um, and so really to Just kind of... Crazy. I know, um, you know, really to re to divert resources again, back to the uterus and ovaries, the b- blood flow back to the uterine artery, you know, really get that chi flow into the uterus. Um, you know, it's just, yeah, the acupuncture is it's, it's a cumulative, um, mm-hmm. treatment. And so, you know, you can, it, especially like new patients are, you know, I'm, they're always like, what is, oh gosh, what is, I'm paying somebody to stick needles, more needles in me. What is happening? Like, what am I feeling? You know, yada, yada, but they do, you know, new patients do leave relaxed, like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Um, right. Really like get into your acupuncture Zen um, quicker on subsequent treatments, you know? Um, and so it is, you know, it's a good, uh, it's a good like building block, um, building block step in order to go through fertility treatments. So. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's similar to nutrition in the sense that it is cumulative. Like mm-hmm. you're going to get the best results. If you can be working on this process throughout that entire hundred, 120 days before exactly. you have a transfer before you have I, with nutrition, the best time to do it would be pre egg retrieval, right? Like the three or four months before an egg retrieval. And it's important before FETs and stuff too, but more so for like blood sugar stability and balance and everything, which can affect inflammation in the womb and, and implantation and all that stuff. Um, but is, is acupuncture more, I mean, do you feel like 
it's more important pre like FET or pre retrieval or like, is it equal? What would you say? You know, if I have my druthers, just because, you know, the ovaries are way more, um, you know, of a delicate flower than the uterus is right. You know, I mean, goodness, like you can, I've had 47 year old patients do donor embryos, you know, they can always manipulate the soil. It's the seed that's so precious, you know, it's the little eggies that are so precious. Um, so if I have my druthers, I'd rather see people for retrieval. Um, you know, I mean, but of course, you know, focus uterus, focus ovaries, you know, everybody needs flow. So depending on, you know, (laughs) yeah, for sure. No, I think that's, that's so true. And, you know, I, I wish that I wonder sometimes if I had done this pre my, um, my IVF retrieval, you know, what the difference might've been because, you know, as, as someone with PCOS, of course we struggle with egg quality issues. Like they can, they can take a bunch of eggs. I think they took 18 from me or something, but it's the quality that's the problem. And so out of all of those, you know, only two of them were really quality enough to even be, uh, attempted. So, um, but of course they do say that too, off your first retrieval that oftentimes it's like, almost like it has to get get stuff out. I don't know if you've noticed that to be true as well. Yeah, I have. Yeah. D- doing it's like the second retrieval. retrieval tends to be better, better outcomes. Well, but. and you know, it's a, it's a very expensive experiment on how to make your yeah, own. Sure yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. It really is. I know it really is. I just, yeah. I, I, it's interesting, but yeah, I know I, 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 it's, I think, um, that's why I, I say like, and you were saying this too, is if you're going to do it, if you're going to spend all this money, like do it right, you know, do, do everything. I mean, there is, it's not like this is something acupuncture is something that, that we're just sort of assuming helps. Like we have science-based like evidence that it really makes a difference. If that were meta-analyses, you know, meta-analyses, which is the gold standard guys. If you don't know anything about research, a meta-analysis is the, is the top. Like there's, there's nothing better in research than a meta-analysis. So, um, studies from all over the world, you know, the, yeah, they pull do a lot. The, the Chinese do a lot of studies on fertility acupuncture. We do a lot of studies on fertility acupuncture. So um, if it weren't helpful and it didn't really work, then all of these clinics would not have an acupuncturist on staff or that they, you know, associate with or whatever. They just wouldn't because we know how conventional medicine works. Like, yeah, they're going to, they take forever to get around to recommending like experimental stuff, you know? So it's, this is not even experimental at this point, guys, like right. it's, it's <laughs> evidence-based. So, exactly. um, so yeah. Uh, well, okay. I think me and Melsa could talk for like ever and ever. <laughs> yeah. we have we have so many topics. <laughs> so we, we are definitely going to have her back on here to talk about more things. If you guys enjoyed this conversation, um, let us know, send an email to the podcast and Amber a day podcast at gmail.com, or you guys can DM me on Instagram at Amber Fisher nutritionist. That's where I'm most active. Um, and just like, let us know what you liked. If you had questions off of this, like, I think we'll be happy to answer plenty of questions for you guys in the future. I know we're going to do another episode on like herbal medicine and things like that at some point. So, um, anything and you can, that you, 
You can find yeah, me. I'll- I'm uh, San Antonio Acupuncture Studio. Um, Amber and I are neighbors. <laughs> We're in the we are. Complex. Um, and so, yeah, um, uh, San Antonio Acupuncture Studio on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, and and I think, um, yeah, my website is acupuncture-studio.com and I have online booking and stuff there. So Awesome. So, and I'm going to link to all of her uh, details here in the show notes so that you guys can find her easily, but definitely um, get in on her schedule because it's important. It is. Do it guys. Um, Okay. I think that's it in order to close it up for today, but thank you so much for talking with us. So good to see your face girl. You too. (laughs) I know. I'm going to come in there and see you. It says we're neighbors. I know. Yeah, exactly. If you learned something today or you enjoyed today's episode or both, I'd love it if you would leave me an iTunes review and share this with a friend. If this brought up a question for you that you would like to hear me answer, there is a Google form that you can use to ask me any question you want, and I might answer it here on the podcast. I do it all the time, and I would love to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time.